or grace infusion. Uh, some menus or some recipes have uh, certain ingredients. So today is the, the final ingredient of grace infusion of stuff we need to remember during a time where we forget the goodness of God, where we forget uh, the grace of God because we're blindsided by circumstances, we're blindsided by hurts that happen to us in our life, we're blindsided by accidents that happen, you name it. Like you can make your list, everybody's got their blindsides. Some people have lost their jobs, some have gotten in trouble for something they did, they, oh no, and it's just all these distractions which make you forget some of the most important things in your life. And that's why I wanted to have this grace infusion um, immune booster shot for the soul during COVID. And next week we're going to begin a, a different series and then we're heading into, can you believe it, Christmas? Advent's in uh, uh, four weeks after this. So in five weeks we have our first Advent. Like who would have thought? I think it's amazing. Okay, part four. Let's dig into some good news. Last week we ended with this. This was a really, really powerful text. In fact, be ready. Today's verses are going to be powerful. And if you are interested in getting a copy of these verses, just send me an email. I'll, I'll send you the PowerPoint or save it as a PDF and just fire it off to you just so you can see where these are and the translation that they're in. Um, I'm able to go to Bible Gateway and create a screen that allows me four translations or five translations side by side by side. And it's really helpful to see the comparison. So from Ephesians 1, verse 18 to 19, it says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. You remember that over the last couple of years, we've been talking about the light of Christ being in and shines through all things. We're things too. At least these earth suits are things, but our spirits are life, and light is in them. Everyone has light shining through. So here Paul is praying that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination so you can see God's light in you. Many people are living and functioning out of their darkness. They don't recognize light is shining in and through them, and they tend to live from a place called ego or flesh which isn't the real you anyway. So that's where many people live from is ego and flesh. But here, Paul is saying, oh man, I pray the light of God will illuminate to you so your eyes can see, remove what's hindering their sight. So he says, the eyes of your imagination or innermost heart to flood you with light until, this is about the relentless God, until you experience, Experience the full revelation of hope of his calling, of the hope of his calling. This, this is a very loaded sentence. Read it slowly, carefully, but if you go through it punch by punch by punch, but word by word, you're going to start to go, oh my goodness, he's not mincing words here. He's being extremely intentional until we experience. Why would he use that word? However, it's translated. This translator uses the word experience because we're also human beings. We experience life in one capacity. Uh, I've been a part of a lot of denominations. You name it. I'm not going to make the list because then somebody whose denomination I was not a part of will judge me. So I'm not going to give you the list. But I call myself multi-tribal now. Because I've been a part of so many. And I've seen, I've experienced many things. Some traditions of faith move towards intellectual thought. So all of your experience of God happens up here. It's by the book, it's by this, and these categories all laid out nice, nice categories and, and folders. 
Others are more emotional. And the ones who think God is just in the head and in, in a, a rigid structure, and don't you mess with that structure and ritual, they, they frown at those who live from, woohoo, praise God, and they're all charismaniac, you know, however you want to call it. And there's, I was part of all that too. And I have discovered something. The gift of, of visiting and being a part of many different um, traditions and practices of faith is God is there. He's in, he's in there too. So if you're mocking somebody else going, man, that's just emotionalism, well, you're wrong. It's not just emotionalism. Or the emotional people say, you guys have no way to feel. You're just so stagnant and stiff. No, you're wrong too. The, the extremes are not where the truth is. The truth is in Christ who dwells in all the camps, all the personality types. Try going to Africa. It's going to be a very different experience. I, I just, I love watching how uh, the folks in that nation tend to worship God in, in a unique way in different parts of Africa. You know, some of them are really, they, they jump, they bounce, they, they go, they have like five-hour services. I, I, you guys would freak if we had five-hour services, you know? But that's their way and culture, and God is there. We're to experience the full revelation of hope, not the full revelation of styles. Don't get caught up in style comparisons. Even in Hope Fellowship here, we've got a lot of style comparisons. We have a lot of people from different backgrounds. This is an eclectic group uh, coming from all kinds of denominations that makes us unique because I sense zero judgment. I sense freedom to express, and it's really cool. It's a rare thing, but I love that part about Hope Fellowship. So this is about Paul praying that you have light until you experience the full revelation of hope. Here's the hope. The wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. Do you even know you're holy? Some people don't even know that. They're trying to become holy by following some rules. You can't. You can't earn your way into holiness. You already are. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of his, this immense power as it works through you. That's a whole sermon right there. You can meditate on just that section and you'll experience God in your way. But let's keep going, because this is the last one. i got to get through all this. If I don't, oh well, it's good enough. There's, there's still going to be enough gold nuggets in this that you're going to enjoy. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. I'm going to share from two different translations. The first is from the Passion Translation. Again, this is immune booster shots. These are things we've got to get into our mind, into our heart, into our thinking, so that we don't forget some of these core foundations. For it was only through this wonderful grace, this grace, and Paul uses that in the book of Romans too. It says this grace in chapter five. It's, it's pretty intentional. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation. For it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So, in, so no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. See, that's, this is how we get into our denominational troubles. Because we say, no, this is the way to worship. No, 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 this is the right way to worship. You'll feel God more if you do this style. No, 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 and you argue and argue and argue. 
Even Jesus at the, at the well with the Samaritan woman. They said, we worship here, you worship there. Worship the how to and where has always been an issue. But here, there's no reward. It's been given to you by grace. Here's from the mirror translation from Francois Dutoy. Your salvation is not a reward for good behavior. Well, that messes up a lot of things. It was a grace thing from the start to finish. You had no hand in it. Even the gift to believe simply reflects his faith. This is big, folks. I'm not going to read that middle part. If this could be accomplished through any action of yours, then there would be ground for boasting. Oh, boy. Ground for boasting. How many of you are good at boasting? <laughs> Folks, we can't take credit for it. We say, well, I've been in church for 45 years. I've been a leader, a Sunday school teacher, a blah, 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 or a preacher, or a deacon. You name. We have these titles that we think were, uh, earn us a special spot where people will look up to us. Even today in, in leadership, you have title of pastor, senior pastor, youth pastor, worship pastor, bishop. I, guess I see a lot of bishop. Apostle. The titles, I'm sorry, they do not reflect anything. They merely are a human tradition of a title. And people revere the title way too much. You shouldn't need a title if you're expressing love and grace. Yes, in our culture, we titles help because it identifies the shortcuts to things. But if you're calling yourself pastor, apostle, whatever, prophet, evangelist, whatever those titles are, and you're not a loving person, then shut up. Seriously. You're a waste of breath right now until you discover the riches in you. You haven't had the illumination. I pray that the illumination will come. And then, just like we see some people here, you're like, Elizabeth, I'm going to pick on you for a minute. You know, I see grace coming out of you. You've expressed humility in your journey. You don't need a title. You know, but we look at you as a one who we love, right? She didn't ask for a title. So be careful. If you're pushing your title, I think there's a problem. Let's take a look at this next video clip. Um, this will explain this verse here that there's nothing we can earn. So I threw this on the, on the team at the back. Let's see if we can get this going. The struggle with salvation being a one-sided affair. So yeah. on one hand, we love grace mm -hmm. for ourselves, but we hate it for others, right? Yeah. The good news of the gospel is that God delights to forgive me in my brokenness. The frustration of the gospel yeah. is he delights to forgive my enemy in their right. brokenness. Yeah, everybody and wants justice want, until it's like, justice for their And actions. we want everything and anything right. except grace, even though we think we like the idea of it. When you really start to dig into its yep. exhaustive nature, we struggle with it. And so there's this quote by um, Robert Capon. So this quote is from Between Noon right. and Three. Um, and he says this, Lord, please restore to us the comfort of merit and demerit. Hmm. Show us that there is at least something we can do Tell us that at the end of the day, there will at least be one redeeming card of our very own. Lord, if it's not too much to ask, send us to bed with a few shreds of self-respect upon which we can congratulate ourselves. But whatever you do, do not preach grace. Give us something to do, anything, but spare us the indignity of this indiscriminate acceptance. Yeah. And I think that, that is, that's so profound because I think 
when in our pride, yeah. grace is, there is an indignity to it, right? Yeah. But once we die, right, to that theology of glory and that right-handed mm -hmm. power, we come to see, man, I'm loved, right? In like a, yeah. a tangible, real, historical way by the God that loved me, who sent his yeah. son, who declared that it's finished. He's just gonna love me on his terms, not my own. Wow. I tell you, did you hear that? Did you hear the, even the prayer? Let me just go to the PowerPoint. You know, so I, I put it up there for you to ca screen capture if you need. This is from a book called From Noon Till Three by Robert Capon. Yeah, this is the idea of the honesty of ego begging God, please give me something that I can take credit for. I served. I did all this. I know pastors who have retired and felt like their life was a waste. You know, they, or they have a huge resume of... And, and I, I actually get it. There have been many times in my life where I made sure people knew what I did. <laughs> so I get an instant respect, and it sucks. It really does. In fact, here, here's, here's the truth. If you begin to let agape, love, transform you, if you let the light, same thing, the light illuminate in you, all those status things drop they dissipate, they evaporate into meaninglessness. Building a ministry, building a church, building this, building that. I tell you what, I've spent so many years trying to get our church board, especially even, even before I came, oh my goodness, before I even took the job 17 or 18 years ago, I sent them a couple books and said, here, if you like that, you'll like me. <laughs> and, and one of them was about a structure of how we should do things. You know, and I met well. But I wanted to show, look, I've been thinking. Well, I look back and realize, oh my, this is not about building a kingdom or a structure or a plan. This is, even now in the last three to five years, this is now about preaching grace better. This is what it's become, preaching the light to people who may not recognize the light. It's a lot less stress. I don't have to make sure everybody's got the same or correct theology. We have, uh, even in this group that's meeting us here today, we have varied perspectives on some theology. We totally do and still get along. Oh, yeah. That includes politics. We have very different views on politics. We have different views on masks and this COVID thing. And we still get along. What makes us get along is Jesus and our connection of growing and being humble one to another. This has got to be the signature, not your resume. Let love be your signature. I thought that was a really good reminder. Ephesians 3, 14 to 20 says, uh, for an overflow. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. Ooh, I like this wording. Hang on. Pause. The perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. I remember Father's Day, we have conversations about, well, you know, Mother's Day gets all this extra glory because everybody loves their mom, typically. Um, and, but Father's Day, it's a tougher one because dads get a bad rap um, for not being perfect. And we're not. But yet, we all have a perfect father. Every one of us. So if our earthly parent wasn't 
as perfect as we would like. Well, you've had the perfect parent with you the entire time. So you can still give God glory. And I think that's a really important step. And every child, we're all children of God. And I pray that he would unveil within you, this is huge, within you, the unlimited riches of his glory. It's in you right now. Everybody watching online, the glory of God's in you. The light is in you now. I don't believe you. I don't care if you believe me or not. It's telling us in the scriptures, it's already in you. Even Paul, when he had this Damascus sword, do you remember that light shining down? Because he's on his way to go kill Christians. We're heading to whatever city they're going, and I think it was Damascus. And boom, a light knocks him off his horse, and boom, he's blind, and he hears a voice. I don't know if the rest of the group heard it, but they sure felt the rumbling in the earthquake, whatever was going on. And said, Paul or Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? What? What are you talking about? Later, Paul says, it was God's pleasure to reveal not Christ to me. Because the road to Damascus, humanly, we see light coming from external to Paul, right? So it's an external revelation. That's not what Paul says later. He says he revealed Christ in me. And the only way Christ could be revealed in is if Christ was already there. A very Reformed theology um, textbook that I had to use in Bible college, which doesn't see grace as, as I see it now, um, but even though in its what I would have called um, a different kind of legalism or part of the journey, there was a section on salvation that blew my mind. And it, it resonated with me because I knew it was true already. So when I read it, somebody put words to it in that this. Before somebody can pray, dear Jesus, please come into my heart. There's no way they can authentically, whoops, pray that prayer without the Spirit being in you already to give you the words and the will to pray that. And even this Reformed Theology textbook confirmed that in, in, in how they saw it, because they were being honest about the process of how salvation works. By the way, the word salvation, being saved, that's another series I want to share with you. There's some really good articles online. What does it mean to be saved? Be ready. It's not everything you thought it meant. It's more and better. Just a heads up. That he would reveal within you the unlimited riches of his glory, so in you right now is the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Again, really wordy, really powerful. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you tired of the mundane, I feel like I have no purpose? I feel like I don't have direction in life. I feel like I'm bored at my job. I'm bored in my relationships. I'm bored with my family. I'm bored with living where I live. I'm bored. I'm just, I'm so tired and worn out. This COVID thing has just exhausted me or my job has exhausted me or whatever excuse you may have. Is that feeling there? Take a look here. This is about the glory in you. So supernatural strength floods your inmost being. So you live from the power in you, not from the external worries of non-stimulants. 
You're so used to being stimulated by external things. If you're in school, the teacher tells you what to do. You know thinking required. Well, maybe to remember stuff. But the idea is you're being told what to do. You go to work, they tell you how to do your job. You go to wherever, and the instructions are all there. You watch a TV show, it's to you. It's all received. But when we stop and turn all that off, then what? What do we do when there's nothing? Look within. Everyone has this. Young, old, you got it. You have no excuse to be bored with life. You can look within and ask the Holy Spirit, who, by the way, would have prompted you to ask that anyway. Otherwise, you wouldn't care. Look at what can happen. Divine, explosive power within you. And that explosive power will do a couple things. First, it's going to rejuvenate your remembering. Once you start to remember again, then it's going to begin to empower your body with an attitude, a positive attitude towards not just your job. I didn't promise that at all. I'm promising the Holy Spirit will empower you. And if the Holy Spirit empowers you then to like and refine purpose and meaning and all the other things again, that's the Holy Spirit's job. There isn't a formula here, but this is. Look within. Ephesians 3.14, by then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. See, it begins in you. Not outside. We keep looking for external triggers. We're looking for external confirmation bias or we want something to be affirmed, you know, after I'm done my messages on Sunday, you know, that was a good sermon, Pastor. That's nice to hear. But I might get something the next Friday and somebody says, you know what, this really hit me. It's like, wow, that's really cool. That just hit my heart. Encouraging one another. I'm just using that as an example because that's the first thing that came to my head. But it's not about the external. I, even last Sunday, uh, whoever I, it was I spoke with, I realized I was speaking to myself. And I can see that happening here right now in some of what I'm seeing and reading right now. This is not about me preaching a sermon. This is about sharing life with all of you because I'm seeing it and it's speaking to me. Therefore, I'm just sharing with you and it's speaking to me even more. It's about releasing it deep in you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. This is my prayer and goal. This is what Paul's prayer was for everybody. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. That word then ticks me off sometimes. It's like, oh man, I want to hurry up. I want to skip that one part and get to the, get to the, the real fruit of what I got to do. I want, I want the benefits now. I put my, my toonie into the machine and it's going to give me my drink now. You know, we hit the coffee machine and boom, coffee comes out now. Well, that's not how this works except what is now is Jesus in you. That is now. And sometimes stopping meditating, pondering, reflecting on just that fact, away from the distractions, then you'll begin to discover and see the light and see and begin to experience that fuel. All right, the great magnitude, okay, then you'll be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all of its dimensions. Then it goes on. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love? How enduring and inclusive is it? 
It is, sorry. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Are you kind of getting a pattern here? Are you seeing the picture full and in and explosive and wow, holy smokes, God's power's in you? Thank you. I believe you. However your personality receives it, it's fine. gets better. No doubt, God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Never doubt God's ability in you. But it's not working out the way I wanted it to because I thought if I did this, then that would be the outcome. That's because you ran ahead. God's not asking you to run ahead. He doesn't live in the running ahead. Never has, never will. He doesn't live in your fear fantasy of what will happen tomorrow. He doesn't live there. He won't answer that prayer because it's not real. He prays for this now, right now. Your heart, your spirit, in you now. Oh yeah, this is good stuff. It gets better. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination, he will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I just see the bunny, energizer bunny. <laughs> Seriously, this is a booster shot we need. Our soul, our mind, Get this into you. Oh, it is, by the way. It's just being recalled right now through what you see on the screen and whatever the Spirit might be saying to you deep inside. Almost done. Philippians 1.6 says, I pray the, with great faith for you. That's a, that's a pretty big prayer. I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced, not somewhat, well, maybe God will maybe do this if you do that, right? No, no, no. He says, I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ. Elizabeth, God's not done with you. <laughs> Norma, God's not done with you. Maggie, God's not done with you. Patty, God's not done with you. He began a good work. Mark and Joy, God's not done with you. Drew, Aaron, Owen, little princess, you're going to have the glory of God living in you the whole time. Lauren, seriously, God loves you and lives in you. All of you too. I'm going to forget names real quick because the masks. <laughs> but the glory's in you. And God has begun a good work. He is in charge of completing and not you. And he doesn't need your help. But I want to help him out by being a good Christian. That doesn't work like that. Because your definition of good Christian is probably more religious and culturally based than it is biblical. <laughs> I love this. He's faithful to continue the process of maturing you. He is doing the finishing touches. I'm experiencing finishing touches although he's got a long way to go with me. <laughs> but I'm experiencing certain finishing touches when I see a pattern of thinking being dissolved out of me that 
I realized, oh my goodness, I can't believe I had those attitudes. And I would never have been able to be confronted by them in the past, but God is doing the work in me. Oh, so much more gentle than a human confronting me. <laughs> I love it. Keep going. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. That's what I want you to leave today. With today. Leave with the fact of knowing and affirming you are anointed. I'm not going to make you do the Pentecostal thing or charismatic church thing where they say, please repeat after me, you're anointed. No, no, I want you to inside say to yourself, oh, the anointed lives in me. I'm one with the anointed, the anointed is one with me. I'm one with the anointed, the anointed is one with me. <laughs> Some of you will get that. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, mirror translation. <laughs> That was very funny. Joy is not a luxury of option. Joy is your constant. Your union in the Lord is your permanent source of delight. So I might as well say it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice. Re Remember? Okay. Anyway, wrong denomination. <laughs> We're called to rejoice. That should be a default. That does not mean happy. Okay, happy is about circumstances. Joy is an internal state of living from light already in you. And really, joy is the awakening response to the light in us. That's a great way to put it. Joy is the awakening experience of the truth of the light in us. That's joy. Not dependent on your circumstances at all. Philippians 4, 12 to 13, two different translations. This one's the passion. It says, I know what it means to lack or be humbled. And I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance for I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me, great sermon title there, uh, to conquer every difficulty. Absolutely. Then from the mirror translation, it says, I am not defined by abuse or abundance. It might be a different day and a different place, but the secret remains the same. Whether I am facing a feast or fast, a fountain or famine, in every situation I am strong in the one who empowers me from where? Within to be who I already am. Don't worry about those things that have to be purged. It's not the real you anyway. Just saying, it's true. Colossians 1, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Gulp. Let's see that again. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you'll grow as you learn to know God better and better. If you try to do this in the, your own power, you're not going to bear fruit. You'll be a fruitcake. This is, this is about bearing the fruit of love, patience, kindness, goodness. 
Another translation, New Living Translation. This is more familiar for most of you. We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you'll have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking God the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. So this is Colossians 1.9. And this is verse 11 now from Colossians from the Passion. And we pray that you would be energized with all of his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. Filling you and I with great hope. That's what Hope Fellowship is about. To experience hope and give hope. That's so cool. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. I believe this is the last one. Yes. Here's the last one. Final prayer as we close up. And we pray that you would be energized. Oh, there's that word again. Good grief. I think it's the last one. Yes. I pray that you'd be energized with all of his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. Wow. Father, please recall these things to our mind when we are discouraged. Remind our spirits our souls, of these fabulous truths of your infused grace and explosive power living in us. Some days we don't have the energy to even get up, and coffee doesn't even help. So Lord, please speak to where it matters, deep within us, reminding us so that we can become fruit bearers and spread more hope and joy in our world and in all of our connections. Amen.